Hello love, welcome back to another podcast episode. Thank you for being here. I thank you for showing up as your authentic self. And if not, just be patient with yourself. Um, Healing comes in so many varieties of, you know, its own form. And don't think that you have to be one person um, in their healing journey because yours is totally unique to the way that you're going to show up in the world. So I just thank you for being you and I thank you for showing up and just choosing to listen to my words. Today I have a guest and we're going to be talking about communication. Hello, I'm happy to be back. It's a beautiful morning and I just woke up and I'm coloring in my little journal. Oh, and my name's Luca. <laughs> so, um, I think Luca is like the main person that I've had like the best time communicating with and we've actually been able to like fully show up for each other when one of us gets triggered. I have other friends that I can communicate with, but I don't feel like it's fully digested and understood. And so I want to talk to Luca about the way that we communicate and what I've observed and what Luca's observed about me about communication and how you can show up as your authentic self through your communication and not be scared to be who you need to be through being able to set boundaries. Because when you are able to be your authentic self you're able to attract more people that are like-minded and you feel so much safer within your mind body and soul knowing that somebody else will fully hear you out when something does trigger you or you feel abandoned or whatever the emotions may be when they come up so do you want to start on what you've noticed about communication or do you want me to start um i'll say one thing but then you can do your thing okay I was going to say that I was thinking about it the other day and Hallie is kind of a direct reflection of me and I think everyone is a direct reflection of you, but it's, are you willing to actually allow them to be that mirror for you? And with Hallie, there are certain days where I do get triggered and I do feel like certain ways um, about things she does, but then I think in my mind and she's showing up as this mirror for me to better understand myself and that's an opportunity that the universe is bringing forth to me and I think the universe brings that opportunity to everyone it's just a matter of are you actually going to receive that gift and so when I was driving in the car yesterday next to her I was thinking like this is actually a beautiful unique opportunity for me to actually dive in to get to know myself deeper even when moments and conversations are triggering and they evoke like deep emotion that I usually don't want to face or I tend to like walk or um, distract myself from. It's um, a beautiful opportunity to be able to connect with someone even when conversations arrive that are very uncomfortable for you to fully digest. Yeah, I feel very similarly. It's I have never had a safe person to actually be able to step in and witness. Like, I want to dive in and I want to see the reflection. Because we often speak about that all the time in the spiritual community. Like, oh, I'm you and you are me. But then when you bring it up to somebody about, I want to talk about the reflections, they're like, I'm not going to do that. It's like, you just spoke about how you wanted to connect deeper with yourself. And you wanted to, you know, I'm the universe, you're the universe. That means actually going through that karmatic cycle. I think about this quote all the time. Her name is um, 
uh, loving Jess or what's what's her name? You know what I'm talking about? Um, Oh, the loving guide. Her name is Jess. Um, I think it's the dot loving dot guide on Instagram. Um, She's a friend's mother, and she talked. She said this one quote, and it always sticks with me. But it takes two to tango. It takes two in a chromatic cycle. You cannot heal if only one person is communicating, because the other person's not showing up in that same. When I think of a chromatic cycle, I think of like the dance of DNA, how they're wrapped together, and then there's like these little fingers that reach to the other side, and that's what karma looks like to me. Is if I'm going to show up and I'm going to speak by authenticity on the way you made me feel, I really expect that in return. And sometimes people aren't ready for that, and that's perfectly okay. But the people that are willing to show up like that, the abundance that you get from speaking your authenticity and your your boundaries, your communicating, it's it's so abundant. And I was also speaking to Luca that a lot of the times when we speak um, our communication we say oh fuck you you did this to me but people don't talk about it it's just we think that that's what a boundary is it's just saying oh fuck you you did this to me or it's saying you did this to me but it's not speaking about why did you do it and so um i texted our friend a couple like a month and a half ago and because we had all connected like in a group setting and i think me and her are going to make a podcast episode about our own triggers um and she triggered me I triggered her we never really spoke about it we kind of threw it under the rug so it kind of made tension a little awkward especially for me um I don't know how she fully feels within that and I didn't know how I could bring that up but as soon as I did it felt so freeing because I could speak my authentic truth and I would say I don't want to just throw this under the rug. I want to know why you did what you did to me or for me. And I want to know, and that's also a key piece. And I want to know how I triggered you. And I want to know where it hurt within you and the reason why it hurt you in ways. Um, And I want to go back to the to you and for you. And I made a, um, a TikTok about this. And me and Luke were also talking about this is when triggers um, arise or communication needs to be had, it's it's a situation of four. It's not a situation of two. It's the same thing. Is everything happens for you? It doesn't happen to you. It's stepping out of. I hate the word victim because it's a trigger word for me from my childhood, but I love the word at the same time because it makes sense and we all know the word. It's um, when we say everything happens to us we're playing the victim but we are the superhero of our own life so take back your power and say god damn this is happening for me this is happening for me to show up deeper within myself to show up deeper in my connections to show up deeper in my romance to show up deeper in um all areas and all prosperities of life and it's saying i want to know why you do what you do what happened in childhood that made you react the way you reacted and um my dad also says i love you sandwiches so whenever he has something hard to say to somebody he goes just say i love you sandwiches and what that means is showing up saying i love you then saying the hard thing speaking your authentic truth out and if it needs to be in an angry way at least you got it out and then say i don't want you to think i hate you i still love you (laughs) that's an i love you sandwich we also think that boundaries and this is why boundaries sometimes for me was so triggering to speak up is because I was surrounded by a lot of um 
like deeply deeply hurt masculine people even the women in my life are deeply hurt by the masculine and so they think that the boundaries that they need to set is um needs to be in a very harsh way to be get across so like being screamed at being yelled at and so whenever I set a boundary and somebody's like you need to communicate I I refuse to do that because I didn't want anybody to feel the way when somebody set a hard boundary with me and so now when I set boundaries it's very very soft but if I if it needs to be harsh it will come across harsh if that person refuses to see me but then I'll be like I don't hate you even if I needed to yell I don't hate you and I just needed to get my point across I'm also a person that struggles with being a very I don't know how to like yell or be angry at people that's another situation I'm trying to learn how to allow myself to be angry but um saying boundaries in a very soft and delicate way because we're all hurt and we are all um healing from something and if you can just speak your communication in a gentle way first try to um because that allows the other person to show up and know that it's safe to speak what they um are also authentically feeling okay. you have anything else to say to that um, one conversation uh, piece that I saw in a YouTube video was oftentimes when people have conflict, one person will be like, you didn't do the dishes and that hurt me. Or they say, and then the person will say back, but you did this and that hurt me. And the butt part is kind of like saying that one person's situation is above the rest and usually when people have conflicts there's the separation that one person's situation is worse than the other person's situation and it creates a separation between the two when really whatever someone is feeling they're both equal and I know for me sometimes I will look at other people's traumas that they've been through in their childhood and I will compare it and I will think well my trauma is worse and I went through this and they don't need to be acting that way. And so in my head, that kind of is a victim mentality. Um, but going back to what I was saying about the conversation aspect, instead of using the word, but you did this to me, instead use the word, and you did this to me. It kind of creates that equal balance that both your feelings are equally as valid and not someone, someone's not above the other person in any way because we are direct reflections of each other and it's important that you don't separate especially when you have a hard conversation you guys are one and you're sharing the space together and it does take two to tango in a situation like that and you guys are taking the time to sit together and better understand each other and if you do feel triggered that's just a sign internally that you aren't seeing an aspect of yourself or you aren't willing to see an aspect of yourself that is hurt in this moment and it's kind of abandoning yourself in a way so whenever you are able to show up for another person and listen to the words that they have to say that's you also showing up for an aspect of yourself Mm -hmm. yeah I remember being a child and like my mom would hurt me and I'd be like but you did this to me and she would refuse to see my side of the point and so I remember shutting down and being like, but you did this to me. Do you not recognize? And I love the part of including the and saying, okay, I'm, I might be the child and what I did was wrong and bad. I, I want to say but. I'm trying to find another word. And that's okay. You feel that way. 
and you made me feel this way. And I wish I knew that piece of advice when I was a child, but bring that into the adult life or even just the teen life to any demographic that's listening to this, um, including the and like Luca was just speaking about and allowing that to be the bridge between the allowance of of all like authenticity again or legitimacy legitimacy um in your words and allow them to melt off the off your tongue in the way that they're also going to be also don't think that communication has to look one way um because every being that you are going to have this karmatic dance with is always going to be different because all of us have our own innate wrapped up trauma stored within our body and the way that we're going to choose to respond is often the way that we've responded to things as a child and sometimes that's more messy than others sometimes it's really calm and also it takes practice to you know show up and be deliberately um potent with the way that you speak um because a lot of the times as childs as childs as kids all we could do was scream um or throw things or have a tantrum and sometimes people need to let it out that way um and so allow it to be that way but if that triggered you also tell that person like hey next time we communicate that was pretty triggering for me is there any way we can say it in a calmer manner so it's not as triggering for me so I can let my words out and um like bringing it up also I kind of want to share an example of uh an area where we had like kind of miscommunication okay Are you good with being vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Okay. So there was a time back in December where I was, so Luca sent me a text. I read it some way and I was too scared to like call because I'm really scared of confrontation. Luca wanted to call and talk about it. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. So my ego flared up and I was just like, well, you're not seeing me. You're not hearing me. So I lashed back. Then Luca lashed back. I don't think Luca felt like it was lashed back, but to me, it felt that way. And then when I responded, I'm sure to Luca, it felt like it was lashed back. So it was like this, this really weird dance between us. And I, we had a trip coming up. I literally was just like, I'm not going on this trip anymore because I don't want to deal with those uncomfortable emotions. I told our friends, I was like, I'm not going anymore. But the way that me and Luca heal from things, we have a very similar aspect, but also our childhood, we're very um, opposite with our mother wounds in ways because my mother was never fully there for me. I was kind of like shoved into this new family. I was like this adopted child. I didn't get like, um, nobody was codependent on me. I had to like raise myself. Nobody was really there for me. I had to cry alone. I never really got hugs. Um, or if I did get hugs, it was at wrong times. And I felt like I had to just raise myself within that. So I had nobody ever codependent on me, but do you want me to share my observation or do you want to share yours I can share mine. on codependency? Um, yeah, when it comes here, let me first backtrack to the situation. Um, cause I remember when it was back in December, um, yeah, there was a miscommunication and I know for me texting over the phone, long paragraphs kind of brings, um, uncomfortable and emotions for me. And I know with long paragraphs, it's easier to get mixed up within words rather than just over the phone and you're talking like in the moment with each other and so that's where the confusion happened with me and I know like when so when it comes to deep emotions or deep uncomfortable emotions I like to sit with it first and I don't like to 
speak about it right away because often the ego can get involved and then you're just texting stuff that doesn't really make sense because your mind is like all over the place and then for me I like to take a second and just be like what is happening within my body and I know there was like conflict with that and then when it comes to codependency with me growing up I had a very mi- a mix between a codependent mother and um a absent mother because she was like very emotionally um all over I guess so there were days when she was very emotionally dependent on me where I had to be that anchor for her emotionally so I didn't have that emotional person to cry to it was someone had to be I had to be that anchor for someone even when I was like 10 years old so it was kind of different and I did have that physical affection where I was like able to have hugs and things like that but being that mother to your mother was kind of where my codependency came from and so when anyone uh, came off clingy to me or anyone came off as I need your attention I need your validation it automatically made me shut down because I grew up with having to be that for someone so now as I'm in this healing phase in my life I'm trying to give that inner child the attention she needs so whenever someone's grabbing for my attention and I don't have the space to actively give them that attention I tend to avoid it or I tend to become anxious and then it turns into avoidant yeah and the way that Luca had to approach things with like taking a minute to like process I'm the opposite I in my household uh, like silence after an argument is like the most unsafe feeling in my body and so when there's uncomfortable emotions that arise between me and another person and there's silence I automatically feel super unsafe and so when Luca needed that minute to like process to me I was like oh shit like I'm gonna lose this friend I fucked everything up um Luca's going to hate me I have to draw like take myself away from the situation then I didn't want to talk about the situation anymore because I was scared shitless that I was going to be yelled at or like um a lot of the times things are like taken away from me like when I wanted to set a boundary something was taken away from me or when I wanted to set a boundary um I was put in time out or I was sent to my room or whenever I would cry it was nobody wants to see that go to your room and so for me I love to talk about things in the moment. If something's triggering right then and there, I need to talk about it. Because if not, that quietness between what had happened feels super unsafe to me. And so we were finding, and we still are, I think, how to approach um, how we can both process allowing me allowing Luca to have that moment to take a deep breath. And same for me and allowing her to have her own space and figure out how she wants to speak. And then me being able to find ways of being okay with that silence for that moment and being able to say, I'm, I am safe and I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I don't need to freak out um, because all is going to be the way it's going to be. And that's how we're going to find people in this life as communication is going to be so weird in so many various ways. And Another example that's coming to my mind of um, just a situation that happened recently um, back in like January is I'm a, I've spent a lot of my time um, this past like year and a half 
being a very goofy person and I always have been but I learned I started taking life seriously around like um COVID-19 time and I thought I had to be a really serious like spiritual person like a guru like I had to meditate and be quiet and very diligent with the way I speak um but then I had this encounter with this um this other being and I had, I was told him how I admired him his inner child being out and he got really triggered by that and that was really fascinating to me so I'm just like well I thought he was so funny when he said that but it triggered him and so I decided that day that I wanted to be less serious but now my less seriousness and my super playful energy can be really triggering to people <laughs> that have told themselves that they have to be more mature or more quiet the way that I once told myself I had to be and um like being around people sometimes they're just like oh you're so annoying Hallie or like like I've had that encounter these two people weren't saying that to my face but um like oh you're annoying and you laugh so loud and you laugh at everything and I'm just like well I love that about myself like I love showing up in this laughter and this playful form because I spent so much time being so serious and having to show up that way but as soon as you have that conversation with people, they realize they want to be playful too. And so I want you to talk about your perspective with that. <laughs> it's so funny because before I met you and like really met you, like the first time I met you, you were still like how you portray yourself on social media, which is very calm, like very anchored in like oak tree is what I exactly pictured you as. And the first time I met you it was only for like four days. So it was really brief. You were very, like, calm, and that was, like, during the time when you were, like, really going through your anxiety and, like, panic attacks, so I didn't get, like, a full representation of who and what you were because you were so out of your body, Um, but then when I saw you again in December and into January, you were, like, goofy and so different than I thought you were and there's we have a lot of spiritual friends and we've like met a lot of them in person and a lot of them are goofy and they have a sense of humor but none of them are like running around the room um (laughs) jumping up and down talking about um like it's like balls dick yeah balls dick and pussy like Hallie has and growing up like when I was in middle school it instantly brought me back because I know like in middle school is when I felt like the most alone and Hallie like reminded me of that like middle schooler within me and that's why I feel like I'm so drawn to her and um I know when she was acting goofy around kind of the group setting with all our other friends there there was a little bit of like tension and avoidance I feel like because there are people a lot of people who feel like they can't be that goofy silly person who literally doesn't take life seriously like if someone were to say um, something offensive like you suck or you need to be more serious you need to be an adult Hallie would just laugh it off because she literally doesn't care and in my head originally I was like I greatly care about the perception I feel like people have of me and that has to do with like a trauma response but as I am around Hallie more I realized that um what anyone thinks about me is literally not that big of a deal because I know at least for me I take on the perception and the projections of others so it's hard for me to depict what is actually mine and what is someone else's 
but I realize more and more that what is mine is the thing that's light and bubbly and giggly and doesn't take life that serious and what is someone else's is the stress the anxiety the heaviness that makes me feel like I'm limited to the opportunities I can have in this life and those are the things that are not mine and um with Hallie I I feel like I'm able to honestly be myself which is really nice and freeing and to other people they don't feel worthy that they can be themselves and they can show up in their authentic form so when they do see someone laughing and giggling and not giving a fuck and dressing like um a grandpa they're like well I want to do that but I can't do that because I have all these expectations and projections that I've taken on as my own so if I were to jump out of that for a split second it would be like imposter syndrome or I would not recognize the person I am and that is so foreign and it would make me feel nauseous and sick and it would make me spiral. So I feel like that's kind of how like someone would feel if they look into someone who doesn't take life that seriously. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We just dropped you guys on the ground. <laughs> um, but, and that but, and, and I don't really know if there's anything else to add. Um, there it's it's just interesting and the way that we're just not taught correctly about communication or just having that conversation me too I do this thing and people either love it like I remember talking to Hannah about this and she said she wished I did this but I know that sometimes it's triggering for you that me and you have had this conversation like um, I have this thing that when I observe something about somebody I want to bring it to their attention but I need to ask them permission first and you brought that to my attention like some people love like when they do something and I observe it about them they want me to bring it to their attention because they want to speak about it in the moment how I would but some people they're not quite ready to digest that and so I need to ask their consent saying I observe this about you are you open you want to feel the energy are you open to me saying that observation or are you not ready and me having to honor that even if I want so badly to speak it out I gotta bite my tongue I just gotta be like it's up for them and we can also talk about spiritual ethics in this podcast yeah um and I think asking anything before you share anything with anybody asking consent that's a huge thing too and that's what we me and Luca have been setting boundaries with our other friends about too like um well, do you want to talk about the basis of spiritual ethics? Because yeah. your mom told you about it. So I I remember when we were with our group of friends and um, spiritual ethics is basically, you know, psychic people, um, mediums, oracle card readers. They'll get these downloads of like messages they want to share with you. And a key part of that is asking first and kind of like asking their soul, like, are they ready to like digest this information? And is this actually going to benefit them and show them what they need? Or is this going to make them spiral deeper within themselves? And um, I know a situation came where there was this like trauma, deep rooted trauma that one of our friends saw a vision as, and they brought it to my attention. And energetically I was not ready to take on that information because that day I was already emotional and then bringing me the information about this trauma and this inner child and like this little girl that they envisioned them telling me about that made me 
feel so out of my body and I just really wasn't ready to digest that information. And so there comes that line where you can observe someone and you get this message like, I need to share this with them. It's about their trauma or it's about something I recognize within them. And there's a difference between I recognize this within them and I want to share it with them because it's beautiful and I love that about them. And then there's a difference between I recognize this within them and it's going to potentially trigger them and I don't know if energetically or mentally they're ready for this. And that's kind of where you need to ask your permission with hey, I kind of have this thing that's coming up when I observe you. Are you ready for me to share this? Or maybe I can write it down and you can read it later or I can share it with you whenever you're ready. And it gives them the opportunity to kind of think and feel within their body if they are ready to take on that information and if they have the capacity um, to do that because we all have the capacity with the information we can take on about ourselves. And that kind of dives into shadow work with um i know that some people can overdo shadow work with them digging 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 into their trauma without um stitching up the wound first and if you don't stitch up the wound you're consistently digging at the scar and you're just making it deeper and deeper which can in the end hurt you mentally physically spiritually more and so it's really really important that you take the time to be with yourself and sit with the trauma first acknowledge it thank it for being there and then you can maybe go on to the next thing you can't open a bunch of different doorways because it's going to be a lot harder to close them if you aren't consistent with just one at a time mm-hmm. yeah um and i know some of our friends also have like visions of things other than just like an inner child thing but maybe like a past life thing or like another dimension thing and like for me i i can't take all that in at once like in this point of my life i've been yeah, trying to set boundaries yeah i don't have the capacity to talk about things that seem so outside my body it makes me spiral because when i first had my first panic attack it was because i felt completely unreal and so then when I talk about things that are outside of my body I start to spiral I think I need to go into a psych ward because I I don't have the capacity to digest and tell myself that I'm safe because then I start thinking about every concept that I've ever been taught about what people might want to call like woo-woo that's like the main thing I can like call it doesn't say that it's not real doesn't say like um because anything there can be truth to anything and everything Um, but I've even had to set that boundary with friends. Like I, if you have a dream about something and it's like something that might be way outside my body, um, I don't have the capacity right now to listen to it. Maybe a year into the future where I'm more grounded. What's really interesting is when I speak, my voice keeps like cutting out. Um, but I, I'm learning to say, Sometimes it's also, like, FOMO, like, let's say Luca and our other friends are, yeah, like, speaking about something, and I'm like, I want so badly to add to the conversation, but if I do, I know that I will make myself spiral, so it's just, like, am I, do I really need to have a part in this conversation, or is it okay for me to just take a step back, and I'm not going to have a missing out piece, Um, and so even within that, just allowing yourself to not make a decision based on if there's going to be lack, but allowing yourself to say, I'm not ready for this. And if they're not respectful of that, 
being like, well, that wasn't okay. You weren't very respectful of what I needed to take a step back from. Mm -hmm. And often they'll recognize their mistake. And if they don't, you know what? It's okay. You're allowed to let them go. But our friends, once we've set those boundaries, they understand that. And um, now they ask. And one of the most like gentle, loving things ever is when you set a boundary with somebody and they remember. And that sounds like such a baseline thing. It sounds like such like the bare minimum. But when people aren't used to boundaries and healthy boundaries, it's the softest love language. Like one of our friends, we were on FaceTime with her and I was saying how like, because she wanted to share a dream. And I'm just like, we want to talk about this thing called spiritual ethics and I don't have the capacity to listen right now. And she's like, okay. And then she wanted to share something else. And she's just like, oh wait, um, are you okay with me speaking about this? And then just even that, like, oh my God, you heard me and you really want me to feel comfortable in the space of speaking. I felt so loved and so heard, especially because in a lot of our society we think that adults are above us and all these trauma responses that we find in friend groups are from our parents from our mothers from our fathers from any guardian that we had growing up and um when we can speak that and that person finally sees us like for me I I never really am right it's the my mom or my dad that's always right I me as a child I'm never right and so when when my friend shows up and says you are like you are valid in that opinion I feel so safe and validated being like okay I I'm I'm finally heard isn't that a miracle to finally being able to tap in and be like okay I'm safe and I am okay and I was heard and it's just one of the most wonderful things ever Mm -hmm. yeah how are you feeling fine Hmm, trying to think of anything else oh that's another thing is like ask Luca's really good about this and I tried bringing this up to my friends but I've never had like a really good anchor of it but like asking them all the time like how are you feeling it, because being able to show up like yesterday we arrived to a new space that was kind of triggering for me that's kind of triggering for Luca and Luca's like how are you feeling and I was just like overstimulated and Luca's like I'm feeling the same way so it's just like yeah even in Hit, um, Hitomi's new video, um, Hitomi Majinuski, I actually don't know how to say her last name. I could have just totally butchered that. But she's, I love her stuff. A lot of people that probably listen to this podcast have seen her YouTube videos. She made one with her friend Reese. And they said, no matter what feelings are coming up, even in the morning, as soon as you walk out of your room saying, I feel overstimulated. Most likely it's a, it's a mutual feeling. Like, yeah, I feel that way too. You want to yeah. talk about it? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just like, um what's an ex- another example like you being quiet in the library and me really wanting to be like are you okay and but I didn't want you to feel like you yeah. being quiet was you being a burden so I was just like I'm gonna wait till Luca wants to speak mm-hmm. up on this because we were already talking about how he kind of felt in the yeah. car mm-hmm. I think for me if you ever were to ask how are you feeling mm-hmm. to me it makes me feel seen heard and valued because mm-hmm. no one's ever asked me mm-hmm. that before yeah. so I think that's why I'm always asking other people like how are you feeling yeah. or like even when my grandpa is like very quiet in the car I'm like so what what are you doing? Or like I mm-hmm. ask them some type of question revolving around their emotions because I think growing yeah. up I never got that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm always actively asking other people. And I think if you did start doing that, I would feel very loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I know that 
Um, you brought up a point where usually it's a mutual feeling if you bring up how you're feeling in a situation because we are like um, very connected beings and usually when you are in close proximity to someone for a long um, time you do tend to feel the same emotions because you're going through like similar situations and that's why Hallie's taught me that whenever I feel a type of situation from someone and I'm constantly thinking about it for more than like 24 hours it's good to speak about it because there's always that what if if you didn't and I saw a TikTok post last night actually that I reposted to my Instagram story that was saying no matter what you do in life always speak up because there's going to constantly be that what if and would you rather potentially say what you're feeling like authentically say what you're feeling or would you rather feel that heavy tightness in your chest for the rest of your life thinking about well what if I did say that what if they felt the same or what if that brought deeper healing and the truth is no matter what you tell someone and it's coming from a place of love or deeper understanding of yourself it's going to connect you deeper to yourself even if the person on the receiving end doesn't fully receive it the way you expected them to them maybe not even replying is an answer to your question and at least you got it off your chest and that's bringing you peace because I know for me I tend to hold a lot in rather than release it out and I think that's where me and Hallie are different and that's where we can teach each other um like I'm teaching her to sometimes hold things in or maybe like sit with them first and she's teaching me to release things rather than sit with them if they make me uncomfortable in my body and yeah it's it's a very beautiful thing mm-hmm. yeah it, it's a nice balance too um and don't like think that it's going to be easy or that it's always going to feel right in your body because often these things are so foreign to us like even sometimes like I'll, I'll compare like Hitomi's connections that she shares and I'm like oh Hitomi's so loving like always and then sometimes I'll I'll speak something and I'll, I'll kind of expect something in return but I'm like it's not always going to be a perfect a picture perfect situation um in the way that people show up in love and like this whole sisterhood thing is so foreign to me because all my friends, my connections as a, a child were kind of abusive in my friendships. Like my friends would like bully me. My friends would like criticize me. Like I had a friend that said everything I said, it was cringy. I had a friend that would literally like, um, like comment on my weight all the time. And my ways of coping were com- completely wrong in her eyes and so now having a person show up and being so loving and vulnerable sometimes I just want to curl up in a ball and just be like I can't do this but showing up and being like okay I do want to hug and sometimes I want to hug so bad but the words will not come off my lips really yeah I'll like sit there and I'll be like I want to hug so bad sometimes I can mm, feel it and mm, that's why you ask yeah Mm -hmm. or like Sometimes we'll be laying together, and, mm-hmm. like, this morning when you, like, did this to my back, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if that was you saying, like, you want to cuddle or something. Yeah, or yeah, kind that? of. Yeah. But I didn't know how to proceed with that, because I was like, oh, what if you Luca know, just wanted to sleep? I'm waiting for the day where you just come up to me, and mm-hmm. you just, like, like practically suffocate me, because you want to cuddle. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> that's, that's what we'll know. Mm-hmm. You have, like, broken out of that. Mm-hmm. 
of like being too much almost right yeah and like even being around our okay so this is an example where so we all met up with um this place in Colorado uh us and a couple of our friends from the other side of the United States and they they wanted to do a group hug and I started getting like really emotional and they're like you can cry and in my house I am told to go up my room when I cry like I told I just was speaking about that and um they like they held me why I cried and it was one of the most uncomfortable unknown uncertain things in my body it felt so weird to like just allow myself to cry and be held because I've never had that like I had um, I made a podcast episode with my friend called my friend called my friend Gracie um, where we didn't speak for like nine hours because we were scared of each other in confrontation um, <laughs> and we were like we were staying in the same house and she was away from home she was staying with me um, in my cabin and so we didn't speak for nine hours because we were both so scared of confronting to each other but she even asked like after we communicated after not talking for nine hours she's like can I have a hug and I was like I'm not comfortable with that and that was really brave of me to be like I can't hug you right now um because sometimes our parents also do this thing like they would yell at us or like abuse us and they're like can I have a hug and it's like fuck no like (laughs) that's not okay you just like triggered the fuck out of me knew what you were doing realized what you were doing and now you want to hug without like reconciling what you did and um it's also okay to say no but allowing yourself to also be that person to initiate love and I think that I'm starting to get better at that too like um like reaching over like when I do want to like hold your hand or like when I do want to initiate some kind of like cuddling I will try doing something I might not fully jump into that but at least I'll try and for me that's it takes a lot of inertia to like start that process but once I do it I'm like everybody I don't care who you are you might say you don't like physical touch but the only reason you don't like physical touch is because of a trauma response. And that's how yeah. I used to be. Mm-hmm. But everybody wants to be held. Everybody wants to be cuddled. Everybody wants to hold hands with one another. Everybody wants back rubs. Everybody wants foot rubs. Everybody wants, like, love in this physical, tangible way. But it's taking the brave act. And I think I'm getting better in that way that if I'm around somebody new and I want something from somebody, I think I'll be like, can I hold your hand? And if they're like, no, I'm like, okay. But being able to initiate that first also gives me back my power of I I can do that and I also remember coming back from being around all of our friends from around the United States um and having to leave kind of abruptly I arrived back to my home and my dad was there and my mom was there and it was like I was running in like four hours of sleep but I really wanted a hug from them because I was like hug deprived and touch deprived after like cuddling with my friends for like 10 days straight and I gave them hugs and I don't hug them and they both the shock on their face they were like you just gave me a hug and I was like yeah I just gave you a hug and then I just like giggled and ran to my room and went back to bed and it felt so good me having the ability to step up to them and say I want a hug and I'm going to get a hug because they try giving me hugs but it's always at the wrong time so saying that I do want a hug and that's perfectly okay Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you always have to give them hugs. Like, even after being home for two months after that before leaving again, I didn't hug them at all until I left because they had hurt me again. They opened wounds again. They weren't really 
willing to learn from what they were hurting me wise when I spoke my boundaries. And so I was like, I don't need to give them hugs. But then it was like that final goodbye, like, I want to hug again. And that was perfectly okay. And it was the most bittersweet moments ever. Even my little sister, who we are not affectionate towards each other, like, at all. Like, we've been bullying each other since, like, I was, like, nine years old. That's that's how siblings are sometimes, anyhow. But she's like, can I have a hug? And I was like, the shock on my face. I was like, this girl wants a hug. And um, even those are beautiful moments. But initiating that or even just, like, telepathically trying to tell somebody like I do want to hug most likely they'll feel that and it's yeah they'll be able to instigate it if you can't if it's the right moment to do so Mm. an observation that I have is people have different meanings when it comes to giving hugs like at least older generations or what I've observed um with Hallie's family is they associate hugs with like um forgiveness or I'm gonna give you this hug because I fucked up and I'm sorry like they give hugs out of I'm sorry for doing this or I'm sorry you went through this or I'm leaving Mm -hmm. I associate hugs because my family just hugs people and I'm actually really glad that I grew up in an environment like that like my grandpa will hug you if he feels like you're sad or my grandpa will hug you to say goodbye and my grandpa will hug you to say um fuck off (laughs) Jesus. That's like a Tourette moment. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <That's> <laughs> yeah, my grandpa will hug you to say fuck off. <laughs> um, but yeah, my mom will like pretty much hug you for no reason at all. And that's what I associate hugs with is just like I'm giving you this hug for no reason about at all. I'm giving you this hug because I love you. I'm giving you this hug because I feel like giving you a hug in this moment. And so everyone associates hugs with different things. And that's why I find it entertaining to be like, can I give you a hug to like one of my coworkers, for example? And it's interesting feeling and like kind of seeing their association with hugs. Like, are you giving me a hug because you pity me? Are you giving me a hug because you love me? Are you giving me a hug because you understand me? Like everyone has different associations with physical touch. Mm -hmm. And that's what's super interesting for me to observe. And I think for me, like... um, it's different for me to hug someone and cuddle with someone and then it's also I think more intimate at least for me for me to like sit and play with your hair or me for me to like sit and like draw circles on you with like my fingernails like that's a different type of intimacy for me Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting how everyone associates different physical touch aspects with different levels of intimacy and some people will think that having sex with someone is not that intimate but you cuddling with someone is so intimate so it's really interesting yeah. how we all have different associations with it mm-hmm. yeah i think it's also a generational thing because my parents are old as dirt like my dad is like 63 my mom's gonna He's be 63 yeah and your mom what is late 30s uh she's 36 yeah so our parents are like almost 30 years apart and it's really interesting because my parents being old, I, I still have grandparents and their generation, they they rarely hug too. Like, it's, it's always like, oh, I see you. Like, hi, I haven't seen you in a month. Let me give you a hug and it's a goodbye <laughs> hug. It's not like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> you don't just randomly hug in the kitchen. You don't just like, and then showing up around these friends, like being around my friend Gracie, she always wanted to hug my hand. She always wanted to like, 
hugged me when we were walking on the sidewalk and I had to be like, I'm not comfortable with this, but realizing how bad I wanted it, but it was so unfamiliar, especially around my mom and my grandfather who don't see intimacy or they don't see like for instance like my grandfather I was cuddling with my friend on the couch and my grandpa made like a sexual comment about like what are you guys in a relationship like is that foreplay and me being like so culture shocked like what the fuck when that's like a normal thing to our generation and him seeing that as like a sexual thing and your grandfather (laughs) thought the same yeah so yesterday we woke up and I so Hallie has been here for like a week and 90% of the time, one second, let me take my dentures out. <laughs> yeah, 90% of the time, I literally will just sleep with her and we'll just like sleep in the same bed. And my grandpa, like I woke up that last morning and I walked past him and he goes, why aren't you sleeping in your bed, but you're sleeping in Hallie's bed? And I was like, oh, just cause. And to him, it's probably like this really weird sexual thing like are we dating if we cuddle on the couch like are we dating if we sleep and cuddle together but like to me it's just like this is a typical normal thing to do like being honest with you I would cuddle with my mom and I slept with my mom like I literally still sleep in the same bed with her and so to me it's like not a weird foreign thing because I grew up with a mom who's like super affectionate and it was great and so when other people don't see it as affection they see it as like being gay it kind of does evoke like weird triggers within me because I'm like uh I'm like what is this um but yeah it's all older generations that have like weird distorted ideas about intimacy yeah my grandfather right before i left too he gave me a hug and he like kind of made a scene in front of my whole family i'm like hesitant on sharing this but at the same time i love being vulnerable and like i'm sure somebody else had the same experience but he gave me a hug and he's like don't go chasing the ladies and he's made this comment before like three other times he's like find yourself a good man and i (laughs) i got so triggered in that moment i was just like so you're really gonna tell me who i'm allowed to love and who i'm not allowed to love and this is like my grandfather who raised me who i like who made me feel like the first amount of love ever we have a really soft spot for and it kind of hurt me like for him to put me in like this bubble of being like you're not allowed to love women and me being like what the fuck but lovely like lo- i say lovely i kind of like that word better than what i was gonna say my whole family backed me up like my little sister's like oh, what if i go find myself a woman and my mom's like what if i go find myself a woman and i was like my god my whole family is like backing me up over like this guy that's being homophobic in the moment and i said yeah grandpa what if i do find a girlfriend and because i am bi i'm pan i'm open i'm like i'm open about my sexuality i'm not really into monogamy either and i'm pretty open about that but my family doesn't necessarily know that about me because it's not like sexuality it's not something i like flaunt off i'm not like shooting from the rooftops like I love pussy or like (laughs) whatever it's like you can do that there's nothing wrong with that but when it comes to family situations we find that so foreign that we just don't talk about that and so it was so weird for him to show up like for the fourth time and say like don't go chasing the women you need to find yourself a good man and settle down and me wanting to laugh out loud being like no like (laughs) I love men too like I I love I love everyone I don't have a preference and what your genitalia is I just love uniqueness and I love humans and um 
So anyhow, it's it's really, really interesting the way all generations show up in any form of intimacy. Like you said, you can cuddle with your mom, you can sleep with your mom, but in my house, my parents have their own room, they have their own bed, you don't do that anymore. Like maybe when I was younger, but when I hit like age 10, no more. Um, we don't cuddle on the couch. Like when we sit on the couch, we all have our own physical space. And um, I also remember having a friend when I was younger, me wanting to cuddle with her and her literally being like, ew, no, get the fuck off of me. And me being like, I just want to like lay on your chest. Like that's not weird. But her getting so angry and upset at that. But I realized that she had a very similar situation as me as being adopted and she didn't have the connection with her her adopted family like I did so I understood why she did that but at the same time it was like I wish we could have spoken about that but that was like four years ago and then I did have other friends where we can cuddle but it would be like it was a weird form of cuddling like to a very certain extent like um you can lay like put your head on my shoulder but you can't lay your head on my chest or like you know when your friends lay down on their stomachs and you like want to use their butt as a pillow like that was off limits to them but like to me I'm just like you're laying down I'm gonna use your butt as my pillow or like um whatever other forms of like romantic and platonic intimacy there is like even kissing your friends you can do that but it's seen as such a no-no to society like I was with a friend we got this Tibetan sound healing and um I was like I really want to give you a hug she's like okay let's hug and then I was like can I kiss you on the cheek and she went in for a lip kiss and I went in for a cheek kiss and she's like let's do that again and then we just gave each other like a kiss on the lips and to me that was like so foreign but then when all of our friends were like leaving or like we were getting ready to leave we all gave each other a kiss on the lips and I'm like this is not weird at all but society makes it so inherently sexual and kissing is not sexual like even scientific proof is we don't have a reason why we kiss because kissing is not for procreating like sexes or like sex is supposed to be by scientific notation like sex we know is for pleasure mainly now as humans we do it for pleasure not for making children but generationally or like ancestrally it was for procreating and kissing they still don't have like scientific evidence as to why humans or even animals kiss we just do it for a a connection and so for the reason why we think that kissing is so sexual just like a peck or like a kiss on the the hand or the neck or the face like it's not weird at all until we decide that it is weird so showing up in that physical form and just being like I love you and I want to merge our physical bodies in whatever way that means platonically or romantically all is welcome and all is curious and all is beautiful and being okay within that have anything else nope no I'm just I'm just glad to be here (laughs) (laughs) but anyhow we love you sending you lots of forehead kisses and hugs and Yeah, I'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye.